Okay, welcome to the summer premiere of 10 Questions, I think. And on the other end of the line, I've got Ushi. Whoop, whoop. What's up? Hey there. Yeah, it's so funny to be talking about summer premiere. Technically, we're recording this in January. so Right, it's, it's winter. <clears throat> yes, yes. Technically, it's winter, but whenever this goes down, whenever this is actually out there, We'll be setting off fireworks. We're we're gonna be sitting in the in the in the uh, air conditioned. Well, I, I, you know, t- technically, you are moving to a swamp. Now I'm moving from a swamp <laughs> to another swamp. Is it swampy up there? Yeah, DC is former swampland. Did you not know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that's. That, 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 that's why in the summers it can still end up being kind of stifling up there, because even the, even though that they uh, the, even though they filled in the swampland, it's still the, the the weather is still representative of what it was. Interesting. I had no idea. See, I have so much to learn about that area. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess you're right, though. Move, moving from one swamp bed to another swamp. So uh, at, le- at least you get a, a better winter than what you get right now. That is very true. Because, like, I was there a week ago, and it snowed. And, like, I totally busted my butt on some ice. And I remember <laughs> laying on my back thinking to myself, at least you ain't sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it is, it, in, in all due in all due fairness to the swamp you're moving from, uh, it, you know you you are close enough to be getting ocean breeze. The that sw- is the, very the, true. Yeah, the, the swamp you're moving to, you're far enough inland that you're you're just past that point of being able to get an ocean breeze, and, yeah. unless you somehow find a way to to uh, live a little further from wherever work is. And, uh, and I, I, I dealt with that in Georgia, you know, because it, it, uh, it, Savannah, it, you know, if, if you're right there on the coast, Savannah is yeah. about as far in as you can go and still get the effect of the ocean breaks. Nice. The, moment you get, the moment you get west out of Savannah, it is horrible during the summers. Horrible. Yeah. I actually grew up on the coast. So, like, there, there's a fine line between isn't this a great ocean breeze and it's gonna make your car rust like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the, like I, I remember growing up and like rinsing off your car daily to make sure that you got the salt off of it was like a thing but uh, but yeah I definitely think I'll that's probably the only thing I'm gonna miss um, living in the DC area is just that, like, I like that salt air. There's something about that, you know, first thing in the morning, you get up, you wake, you get outside and, and it's just, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good smell. Yeah. But, but it's also very hot, it's humid and there's hurricanes. So, you know. Oh, hurricanes can be fun. Come on now. Come well, my on. last, my last hurricane was, was it was a bust. It was for anybody who who watched my captain's logs. I was, I was tipsy for most of it, which is how you really should deal with hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should deal with you should deal with hurricanes by working for the Weather Channel, so that way you can you get paid to actually go stand outside in the hurricane. That is the damn truth. But honestly, well, because before my infosec career, I was in law enforcement and the fire service. And I was called in for every single hurricane for pretty much my entire adult life. Um, And for not even just pretty much, like literally, except for the last hurricane, my entire adult life was spent um, in some kind of shelter or fire station dealing with the hurricanes. And um, I definitely enjoyed being able to drink a little a little whiskey with my hurricane. <laughs> it, it was definitely much nicer. Yeah, I've I've only had to deal with three tropical systems in my entire life. One was uh, whenever I was a kid and I was visiting my grandparents 
and uh, it, it, and the system was a hurricane whenever it made landfall, but it was a tropical storm by the time it got to us. And I remember thinking whenever the rain stopped, hooray, it's over. And then I got told, no, it's just halfway through. This is called the eye. Oh, so you were really in it. Which one yeah. was that? Um, it was uh, Chantal. Oh, okay. So yeah, in fact, in fact yeah. if I remember correctly, they actually, it, it was it was a doozy enough of a storm that they retired the name after after that one. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but, uh, it, but then uh, the next one was while I was in Georgia and. Uh, the and a, a storm came through the Gulf and came came up uh, by way of what I like to call the armpit of Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, crossed over land. So it was only a tropical storm whenever whenever it got to me. But um, I remember before that storm came through, the allergy counts were sometimes upwards of six thousand plus parts per cubic meter. And it was not uncommon for the car to have a yellow dusting every morning. Mm-hmm. And after that storm came through, that count was down to zero for nearly three weeks solid. Isn't so that, that crazy? Yeah. And then the, in, then the last one, while I was in South Texas, um, it was it never got to hurricane status, but that sucker was moving so freaking slow and dumped so much rain. And I remember going. I remember going to work the day that it made landfall, and they cut us loose at one o'clock in the afternoon. And my normal thirty-minute commute home turned into a two and a half-hour commute home because mm. I had to go the opposite way and up and around because they had closed the road for the direct yeah. way home. I sometimes think that there's like long, like sustained hurricanes where they're not crazy horrible but they dump a crap ton of of water are almost worse like i because especially for flirty floridians um like we have heard about this hurricane coming for probably two weeks before it finally hits and like it's different now like people kind of prepare a little bit better than they used to be mm-hmm. but like it's just it's so like you've heard about it you've heard about it you've heard about it like just do it and get over with already is kind of how we feel about those hurricanes yeah <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We, we we've got a we've got a weatherman in the tv market that i live in that um he's spent most of his career in this market um and uh, he, he's he's known to at times be a little bit of an alarmist when it comes to severe weather. Um, so, but but now at this point in his career, literally, if there's anything going on, he gets full carte blanche. And some people will still get pissed off the fact that he is on the air so much. And I'm just like you know how to change stations yeah and, and i'm hoping in yeah. this day and age that you know the, the the last time i worked in tv was it was a uh, before uh, before streaming video was a ubiquitous thing um so so, so i hope I, I hope most people understand that all they have to do now is wait 24 hours and they can still see their show right like it's so different now you're so right. That's funny. So you mentioned like your local like celebrity, whatever. So I think a lot of people, if you watch the weather channel during a hurricane, Jim Cantori is like the dude, right? Mm-hmm. And in Florida, when we talk about, um, when we talk about like hurricanes, like pretty much like it's it's pretty well known that like if Jim Cantori shows up to your town, like shit's about to get real. Right? <laughs> so I'm trying not to curse. I know like your stuff is pretty clean, but like so like th- but that's like just the reality of it. Like if Jim Cantori shows up, like OMG, like things are about to go down. And it's so funny because like, the last hurricane, Jim Cantori was legit like 
five miles south of where I grew up. And it ended up being nothing and like it kind of blew over. And what I find really interesting about where I grew up, so I grew up on what's called the Space Coast of Florida which is named after because the fact that that's where the shuttle goes up and now like SpaceX and, you know, rockets and whatnot go up there, like Cape Canaveral, um, Brevard County area of Florida. And uh, we're basically like, if you're looking at Florida, for those who are not familiar, like if you're looking at the map of Florida, we're like the knuckle of Florida on the, on the East coast. And um, there's a reason why they decided to put the space program there was because when they did like all the trajectories of all of the different like hurricanes, for whatever reason, this area doesn't generally get hit very hard by um, hurricanes. So like we'll, we'll have them kind of like pass by us, but it just doesn't get hit. Like when you mentioned the eye going over an area, like, for people who aren't familiar with with hurricanes like the eye of course is is the center of the hurricane and the outskirts of the eye that eye wall is the most destructive of hurricanes and so um this particular area where i where i grew up and and currently live and about to move but like um doesn't actually get hit by that 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 path that usually is kind of outskirts it. But anyway, so for us to have Jim Cantori show up in our neighborhood was, you know, you go, Oh crap. It, it, it may actually go down this way. Yeah. Well, or, or even like, um, uh, during the, um, let's see, uh, storm chasers, I think was a show. Um, mm-hmm. it, whenever, whenever that show was being, uh, filmed regularly, um, you know, he, he, you, you know, if you saw, if you saw those guys rolling through town, mm-hmm. well, there's a very good chance something's about to go down. Yeah. Some stuff's about to go down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even, uh, I, I remember while living in Kansas, um, it, it, it's, it, it's interesting, you know, so some of, some of these really crazy pictures of storms that you see end up coming from, you know, like Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Oklahoma type area. Um, and uh, so whenever, you know, whenever I live in Kansas, um, the, historically the area I was in was the, it was the heaviest hit of the entire state. And so whenever there'd be storms that got it got pretty dangerous i'd actually get in the car go out see if i could find them myself because nice. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I even remember there was uh there's one of those storms that it it was uh it was warned like uh one town over and um ended up going and sitting out there and just watching and i was just sitting right below the the rotation Never actually got out of the clouds, but if if it had gotten out of the clouds, I would have been right at ground zero. <laughs> wow! It, 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 it was it was just so interesting to watch. That's awesome. Um, you know, and, and even whenever that part of it moved by um, it, out out in that area, all of your overpasses over the interstate um, aren't any uh, you know aren't any uh, side roads that go into populated areas. They're just extension of the farm roads. <laughs> So right. it's it's dirt on either side of the overpass. So so you know that all being said, it, the traffic uh, is none. It's nil. So you can go and park smack dab right on top of one of those overpasses and just watch from there too. Um, would have been a perfect place to get hit by a lightning strike if it had been close enough. Right. Oh my so, gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of fun to see some of that stuff though. Agreed. Like, I think storm chasing is so interesting. I would totally probably have done that in a different life. Yeah. I think think part of, like, the adrenaline rush of, like, just being a part of that is, like, like, I'm an adrenaline junkie anyway, so I think that's, like, super cool. And then just, like, the, the just the cool pictures that you can get from those mm-hmm. storms and like that i think it's very cool just to kind of see mother nature at work and like 
we're such little peons that we don't even understand sometimes, I think. And just to watch Mother Nature at work is just, is, is really awe-inspiring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even because that, that weather guy I was telling you about, I actually worked with him for a few years. And uh, but but even before I got the chance to work with him, I, so I cool. would find myself, you know, if there was if there looked like a really cool storm out, hey, I'd go out and take a look at it because there was that there was one oh, yeah. I remember that uh, I went out drive, uh, driving straight into it. Um, and uh, it, it was it was really awesome because like maybe half mile off the road, I was seeing purple lightning hitting the ground. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. But I, I ended up having to turn around because uh, the tires I was on at the time were did not have enough tread to really uh, survive the fact that the rain was dropping pretty hard. So I started hydroplaning at about 55 miles an hour. Not good. No, not good. So I had to turn around and go home. But uh, yeah, stuff like stuff like that. I I probably have gone many places where I never should have gone. But no, I know I have. <laughs> it's 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 fun though. Yeah, absolutely. When I can remember back in the 04 hurricanes, we, you know, Florida had like a series of hurricanes that was just back to back to back. And I was working the fire department then. And like, it's so stupid, but we, (laughs) we enjoyed going out. So like the fire department, um, you know, because of the, the way that the vehicles are, they're very top heavy. You can't go out past a certain you know, wind speed, because otherwise then, you know, you, you run the risk of, um, you know, toppling over. And uh, so we would go out and we would test the wind speed with the little wind speed, like, you know, ometer. Anonometer. There you go. Sure. And we would go out just to be like, Oh, I'll go test the wind speed. And I remember like, and you would like lean into it. Like you would lean forward. So you're at this like 45 degree angle into the wind, just so that the wind would hold you up. That's some cool ash, right? Like to, to have the wind hold you up while you're out there in it. Like that was so much fun. Have you, have you ever seen uh, videos and pictures from, um, I want to say it's called it's a uh, Mount Washington. I think it's in Vermont. I've but they, they they have a uh, observation station at the top of that mountain, and on a regular basis in the winter, they will take video and pictures of of uh, going out in the wind that's on the top of that mountain, and it's easily 100, 120 miles an hour up there, and they do stuff like that all, all the time. Dude, that's like, that's a cat too right there, 120 miles an hour. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, considering um, I look up at my recording here and we've hit 18 minutes, let's, I never officially asked a question. So let's just call that question one and let's, move, right. let's move on to question two. All right. Let's do this. Um, okay. So. Uh, I know you talked about it a little bit just now and in a previous uh, conversation we've had. Um, I, I uh, know that you've been a little bit of a career jumper in your life. Um, what, what, what all careers have you held before getting into InfoSec? Okay, so my main careers. Um, so I'm going to go backwards from here. So obviously now I'm an InfoSec, um, prior to my current career. So I was, um, in law enforcement for 11 years. Um, I did essentially what I did in law enforcement was I was an investigator. Um, I did, uh, I started my law enforcement career. Like most cops, I was a road patrol kind of person. I got into, um, investigations. I did uh, sex crimes, child abuse, and child homicide. And then I kind of like while doing that, I also got into computer forensics. And um, that kind of is what helped lead me into InfoSec. And then prior to that, I did an eight-year career in the fire service. So yeah, I've I've had some some careers. And didn't you even spend time uh, uh, doing something medical? Well, so yeah. So when I was in the fire service, I was actually a firefighter paramedic. Um, 
so yeah, so I actually started as a paramedic and then got my fire certification. Um, I, I worked for a, uh, uh, ambulance company that ended up getting, um, their contract was not renewed. So the county that I worked for, um, they got the contract for the ambulance service in the area. And so I ended up getting picked up by um, the county who then sent me to fire school. And so, yeah, I started as a, okay. as a paramedic and then, and then became a firefighter. Okay. Okay. It almost sounds like my history of um, working in, working in a TV, um, have you been an educator and uh, then being then uh, a, the non-infosec portion of my technology career as well so yeah <laughs> yeah no, no, nothing wrong with that though it's it's kind of what a lot of people do these days I, and i i think it's important for people to understand that you know we I, one of the most interesting people that I ever worked with was this guy, Larry. And Larry once said to me when I decided I was going to leave the fire service, he said, you know, we expect 18 year olds to know what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Because that, you know, when you graduate high school and, and you go into college, like we expect these, these kids to, ex to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And, it, and it, it's really just, it's unfortunate. And, um, and, and I'm thankful that I just kind of followed the, the doors that were open for me. And, you know, I am here where I am now and I'm super happy and I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change my path at all because I learned a lot about life. I learned a lot about just, you know, I learned a lot about people and, um, and I think that it's made me better in the career that I am currently. So I think that people who are in different areas in their life, but think, God, I'd really like to do X, like go for it. Like it doesn't matter where you start. It matters that you have a passion to get to where you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very, very, very true. Um, okay. So, uh, I guess question number three, you know, we all we all know that our that our day job, wherever we're positioned, is not always necessarily the exact thing in an industry we might want to be doing. Um, how outside of your day job stuff, what do you find the most interesting aspect of infosec? Outside of my day job, what do I find the most interesting aspect of infosec? I think I would say how vast infosec is right like so there's so many different facets of infosec that people can get into and so like if somebody thinks like this is some cool stuff and i and i want to get into it but they have like some weird niche like i think it's cool that like it doesn't matter where you come from doesn't matter what you do right now like you have a spot in InfoSec no matter who you are. And there's some place in InfoSec that that not only will welcome you, but that needs you. And there's just so many things to do. Like there's so many places to be in InfoSec and you can, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you come from. Like there's a place for you here and you can rock it no matter, no matter what no matter what your background is. True, true. Yeah, um, <laughs> while you were talking about that, that got, it got me thinking about, uh, you know, how uh, just in, in general, any uh, InfoSec people in a company, typically, you know, will, will get hated on because, uh, you know, whatever they're doing, it's always adding money to the budget. It's always adding complications to this and complications mm -hmm. to that. But then, uh, it, and where that thought even came from is I was thinking about the fact that, you know, me being 
a, a, a compliance person, <laughs> even within InfoSec, compliance people are, are kind of that, the, the subset that gets the same treatment, even from InfoSec people. Oh, those compliance people, they're, they're always making us do something that's just, uh, just another hurdle to get over, another annoyance, another addition. <laughs> and, you know, I always hope that people will kind of like, <clears throat> think outside the box and not even just outside the box, but outside themselves. Like everybody in InfoSec has a purpose. Mm -hmm. So like compliance is important because yeah. when, you know, when the shit hits a fan and we need to be like, listen, we, we were compliant. Like, and you have to, it's unfortunately we are in, in the, the kind of age that you have to, I hate to say like place blame, but like to be able to say like we were compliant, we did what we needed to, to be able to show, because everybody wants to know that like whatever company they're going with, whatever product it is that they're going with, like that that product has done what needs to be done to make sure that they're safe. Yeah. Compliance people, like that's a huge important role. And I oh, think okay. that, and I think obviously you know that because you're in compliance, but like for people who are outside of that and are doing exactly what you said, like are like, oh my gosh, those compliance people, like, will they stop with the emails already? Like, I think it's important that people need to understand that like compliance people are freaking important, yo. Like <clears throat> if we didn't have you sending me emails saying, hey, make sure you get your bubble in, make sure you get this done, make sure you sign and dot these lines, like that's important. And it, it makes us safer in the long run. So like, it's kind of like, I joke about multi-factor authentication. Like, I think that's one of the most, like, I feel like that's super important when it comes to personal security. Like, mm -hmm. and like, it's super boring, right? Like, and that's, it's super annoying sometimes. Like, oh, now I got to go find this text message or this email to be able to log into my, you know, whatever account. But like, so I, I kind of equate like MFA to like, you know, compliance. Like, it's super important. Sometimes it's boring, but at the end of the day, it's probably going to save your ass. Now, I, I personally think that it gets so much hate just because it's one very super regulate, super thing of regulation that is not coming from the government. You know, the, the government is normally where, where regulatory stuff sources from, you know, and, oh, it's, it's regulatory stuff, stupid government. Stupid government red tape. Good government this, government that, and there's no there, there's no stupid government red tape to right. point a finger at. Um, you can't you know, blame so, it on the government. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, and, and you're also talking about that too. So I, I know at my company, uh, you know, we uh, we recently got acquired, and um, the uh, and the 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 uh, people that did the acquiring. They have never had to deal with compliance and the things that go along with it before. Oh, so, Lord of mercy! Yeah, so so they they keep on trying to say, why can't we just do this? Why can't we just do that? Well, because blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, and and, and they, they don't they, they don't leave those they leave those alone. After I give them an answer, it's it's uh it's i'll ask okay well here's your answer and they don't like that answer but then they don't do anything about it for a couple of months and then they come back and they ask again i'm like no my answer's still the same right it didn't change yeah exactly so uh it, yeah it, it's they're, they're they're all on board for doing the compliance thing but they're they, they've had no practical experience with being in a compliant environment. So it's just That's some hard. of the, some of the things, uh, you know, beat against, uh, you know, uh, budgetary matters and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I didn't make these rules and it's up to you. You know, you could easily say, Hey, let's just drop this. And that's right. your, and that's your decision. But if you don't say, let's drop this, then I'm going to tell you what has to be done. Yep. Yep. Um, Okay. Um, all right. Diverting a, a, a little bit. Um, which one do you like better, Star Trek or Star Wars? 
Star Wars. Star Wars? What about Star Wars makes you like it better? So, number one, I've seen all the Star Wars movies where I have not completely seen everything in Star Trek that I'm trying to catch up. Um, however, I'm like one of those people who feels like you should start from the beginning and then like continue on. And like, honestly, like the original Star Trek can be difficult, yo. Um, I'm told that once I get to like Picard, like things change and I'm going to really enjoy it. But like, but Star Wars, like I can totally jump on board and get with. I don't, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if I feel like Star Trek is, like, a little too real. Like, I feel like that shit's going to happen at some point. Um, where Star Wars is a little more, like... So, so you like escapist fantasy, then? Yes, it's more, it, yes, it's more fantastical with Star Wars. Okay. I feel Star Trek is, like, is probably a glimpse into the future, and that kind of scares me. Okay. So, 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 so since you do like Star Wars, that comes with the requisite question. What do you think about Jar Jar Binks? Jar Jar Binks. <clears throat> Listen, you know, <laughs> I try to be open-minded with everyone. I'm going to say, you know, he's probably just misunderstood. You know, he's just trying to get things done. And doing it in the best way possible. I don't know what to say here. <laughs> hey, you can you can be honest. You know, if you, if if you dislike Jar Jar, that's okay to say. If you thought Jar Jar was an absolute abomination, you could say that as well. I mean, he definitely like we needed to get him on paleo. I think like maybe <laughs> get him on a whole thirty diet or something. I and I told this is a total shout out to um, my infosec goat wife who's currently doing whole thirty. But yeah, so I, I feel like you know he, he probably he's probably misunderstood. He just he, he just you know he needs some love. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, no, what what you were saying about Star Trek? I was just uh, uh, talking to uh, C three PJ last. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and uh, is and he was pretty much saying the saying the same thing um, that uh, that uh, Star Trek the original series is 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 a little hard to to deal with, a little hard to get through. So it is. Yeah, I think that's funny. I got to meet C3PO at um, Wild Dragon Fest. Fest. Yeah, yeah, cool guy. Yeah, he, he, he told me I needed to ask you about Cinnamon Moonshine. <laughs> Cinnamon Moonshine. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I will say, God. Oh, good grief. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to message him. So, um. I will say that Wild West Hackenfest is one the the original in Deadwood because they did just come out with a second in San Diego and I haven't been to that it actually hasn't ever occurred yet but um was is a great conference and I would totally recommend anyone to go to because it's small and they cap it at 800 people and um, you really get a chance to like hang out with the presenters and with other people. It's just, it's a small little, you know, town that has like 2,500 people that live in it. And um, it's it's a really neat conference. And I drank a lot of moonshine, some of which was cinnamon moonshine that thanks to C3P Joe made it to my my way. I'll, I'll, that, that was a, it was a good conference. I'm surprised that I made it every day on time because there was definitely some people that I hung out with that did not make it on time. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, that was a, that's so funny. That's a good conference. I definitely recommend, especially new people who are kind of um, maybe a, a little apprehensive about going to a con for their first one. That, that was, that was definitely, that was my first conference um, and if, well, my first 
like major conference in infosec i i did do a classified conference before that because i worked for a government contractor before now but um and and definitely deadwood mm, that was that was great i got to meet a lot of really cool people and um i got to drink some very interesting moonshines okay so uh he, knowing that uh you do appreciate your uh whiskeys and mm -hmm. assuming that means that at some point you've had a uh, um, fireball. Of course. How would you compare the cinnamon moonshine to fireball? Oh, so hmm, I would say, so cinnamon moonshine is like, that's scary good and a little too smooth. Like cinnamon moonshine is the kind of thing that you could like drink or, or you would sip it. God, I hope you wouldn't drink it. Um, and then like get up like maybe, you know, 30 minutes later and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, and the room starts spinning. Um, fireball, it's definitely stronger obviously than fireball is, but it's so much smoother. So you just, mm, it's, uh, you, you know, that, that, that is something I find I, I, I find odd. Um, I, I've not done a lot of uh, scientific experimentation necessarily on this, but I do remember. Um, I do remember one time I was on a uh, work trip with somebody that uh, always liked to stop at the liquor store. This it, it, this uh, place we went to whenever we first got into town, and the first yeah. time I ended up getting a bottle of Stoli. Yeah, but it was it was a standard bottle of Stoli, so it was eighty proof. Well, the second time around, um, whenever we went back, I was like, eh, "Let's try the hundred proof bottle." Oh. Okay, so 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 so, so Stoli, the eighty proof bottle, had burned. The one hundred proof bottle was smooth and it tasted good. Yeah, and I. I uh, went through that bottle a lot faster and it did more of a number on me. <laughs> yeah, it did. So yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's weird how, uh, it, that's weird how some of the higher, uh, higher proofs actually are smoother and can fool you a little more so. I think absolutely. I, and I, I obviously like I haven't done, <clears throat> a ton of research on like the different liquors and how they are distilled or whatnot. I, I I'm super interested in that. And like, I, I do research it, but <clears throat> um, I think it's interesting how like the longer you distill something, the higher the proof, the smoother, the alcohol. Like I'm actually surprised to be honest with you, C3P Joe, had I had a chance to um, tell you what to ask him, I would have said to ask him about Grey Goose vodka because Grey Goose, so like, you know, anybody who follows my my Twitter at all knows that like I'm a, I'm a whiskey connoisseur and, I, and like whiskey is my jam. But like if, <laughs> so like I drank some Grey Goose at Deadwood and I did not realize that that tastes damn near like water. It's so smooth and like that's dangerous AF, right? Because it's, I don't know, like just the, the higher proof, the more distilled you just, you end up, it's, it just, you almost don't taste the alcohol in it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Indeed. Okay. Um, given all this talk about alcohol, um, <laughs> that, that, that brings up a, a, a very good subject. Um, so, so I, I know, uh, I, I know, uh, many years ago, whenever it was just me and I had, uh, I had weird shifts. I was working at work. A lot of times I would, end up finding myself at IHOP when like at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And that was about the time that last call happened. And so everybody would be coming from the bars to IHOP. 
So, so in that spirit, I won't necessarily call it a midnight snack. I won't necessarily call it breakfast. But <laughs> what, but but that, that that meal, that that last call meal right there. What what, what would you say is probably your favorite uh, meal to have in a situation like that? So, what you're asking me is what my drunk food is. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, so it probably depends. Um, lately, so like, you know, I, I have a little one and I have a lot of um, goldfish crackers around. And I have found that the flavor blasted goldfish are quite yummy at that, what do they call it, fourth meal or something? <laughs> um, however, if I were going to go with like a traditional food, I would definitely go with like pizza. I don't know what, and like, we're going to New York pizza because like, I, I just, that's, that's my jam. But yeah, so I'm going to go with pizza. Pizza. New York. Yeah. New York style pizza. Okay. So you're saying New York pizza is your jam. Does, does that mean you have zero love for a good classic Chicago deep dish? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly what it means. I, I am not like I've had it. It's good. I don't consider that pizza. Pizza to me is like a is a New York style pizza. Yeah, okay. the Chicago well, pizza like that that that's a that's I it's it's that's to me that's more like I don't know a casserole maybe. Okay, Leslie Carhart, if you are listening oh, to this, no. please please do not hold this against Ushi. Please, she don't. does not know I, she does not know of which she speaks. Chicago deep dish is the bomb. It is better than everything else. God. Leslie, if you're listening to this right now, take me to your favorite pizza place and convert me. I'm down. <laughs> it's called Giordano's. Giordano's. All right. So it's, it's probably honestly, the most classic example of a Chicago deep dish. I have not been to Chicago, so maybe I'm skewed on my, oh, on, my on my pizza loving. I know there's a Giordano's in Phoenix. I have not been to Phoenix. Phoenix though. We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to hook that up when we when we venture out for the Dallas Hackers. Blue Blue Team Con. Blue <gasps> Team Con. Go yeah. to Blue Team Con. There you go. I am hoping. I am hoping. Shout out Frank McGovern. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, so moving on to question seven. Um <laughs> okay, okay. It, right. Here, I'll tell you the source of this one. The source uh -huh. of this one entirely comes from your connection to the goat. Okay. okay. And yes, be honest, if you end up throwing the goat under the bus on this question. Oh gosh. I I, I don't I don't think she'll I don't I don't think she'll to, you know, to, to take out any price on your head or anything. I we're, not, know. we're not, we're not legally married. So I guess that I can be compelled to testify against her. I don't know. Let's hear it. Tacos or burritos. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so, <clears throat> oh my gosh, my love, my goat. I have no, to go. go, go, go. I don't know. I, I don't know if she's uh, if she's feigning the, uh, the the shock of this or if it's legit. So uh, you'll have to ask her later. I, I will, in fact, because we text daily. Um, she truly is one of my best friends, and I and I love to plug her every chance I get. Um, she's at Raven in Leet Speak. Um, on or you can just google or not google but search infosec go i love her she's amazing she's i'm i'm lucky as shit to have her in my life i'm sorry i don't think i've said the f word on your show though so i think we're we're still doing good but um oh, i'm going to have to go with tacos because i just tacos are freaking life man you can have them crunchy. You can have them soft. You can have them with fish. You can have them with beef. You can have them with pork. You can have them with vegetables. You can have them with anything like tacos. 
Tacos, yo. Taco. God, I'm feeling like tacos are the new drunk food. <laughs> like tacos. Maybe I should I should bite squad some tacos right now. Yeah, now I know she's gonna wanna beat me over the head with it because I know she's a burrito girl. Now, in all due fairness, in all due fairness, she has she has acquiesced to uh, to unrolling her burritos and folding them over in half on Tuesdays. <laughs> That's so great! Yeah, I God, I love her. She's so. It's, a, honest, it's something like Pocolo that that that, uh, that that picks that fight, no matter no matter what concession I try to give her. <laughs> I will say too, like poor goat, because like of course I try to push whiskey on her at like every opportune and and you know she's a tequila girl so at least you know her tuesdays are tequila as well so she might she might well, eschew the taco but at least she's she's down with tequila well and it sounds like she stays in it because there's margarita monday then tequila tuesday exactly so just like, two straight days my girl knows how to party like i gotta give her creds like she yeah she that She's so awesome. I can't even say enough good things about her. Is she, is she even puts up third wheeling with you and Rogue? You know, and she honestly, Rogue sometimes probably is the third wheel with 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 she and I. Like I just <laughs> honestly, you know, and it's funny. I, you know what? I'm gonna take a moment because, like, so for people who don't understand, like, so obviously in my in my Twitter handle it says that a Raven slash Infosecco is my is my um my, my Twitter wife. And that started from a tweet that Bowden of all people. Um, so Bowden had tweeted this thing because, you know, anybody who follows Bowden knows that like, she's super good friends with Gab Smash. And, you know, there was before, I think it was, it was before last FCON, there was a bunch of t tweets back and forth where Bowden kept talking about, um, asking Gab some, to marry her. Some people legitimately thought that they were going to elope in Vegas this last year. Oh my year. God. People are so stupid. But like, <laughs> so there was, so Gab's, or, or rather Caitlin Bowden, she kept talking about like, you know, like how should I propose to Gab's? And she was like, I, that was probably one of the best Twitter polls I've seen. The only one I can actually remember was like, she talked about those candy rings being her engagement ring because i think that's the one i voted for but like so anyways so bowden had text had tweeted that somebody had dm'd her saying that um she should not like make those kind of um comments or tweets because it was it, what was the word it was um it was uh, it was something about the, it was, it was like demeaning the sanctity of gay marriage. And so she tweeted this and we were like, seriously, like, it's obviously a joke. People on Twitter need to like, you know, chill the F out kind of thing. And, and it just so happened that my, my goat ended up responding i don't even remember how it occurred like how it all started but essentially like we kind of went back and forth with like you know because i'm definitely one to kind of push the system when i feel like people are being stupid and so so the goat and i kind of went back and forth on that tweet and decided that that we were going to say f you to whoever was saying that she was you know, vilifying the, the sanctity of gay marriage. And, and we were going to be like, you know what, let's, let's be Twitter, let's be Twitter spouses. And um, by the end of that tweet, we had included each other on our profiles. It was very, it was just, you know, it was fun. And then that turned into an actual friendship. And um, I went out to the, the DMV area a few times, which for people who are not aware is the um, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And so like I went out there a couple times and then I ended up, I can now say, cause I'm, I'm there, uh, I ended up getting a job with FireEye. And like every time that I went out, I ended up hooking up with the goat and we hung out and we had a great time. And she moved out to that area. Like this was all so like, 
before, like she was in a different place and I was in a different place. And then we ended up, now we're going to be living in the same area. And now we're like best friends. So it's, serendipity. it is so serendipitous and it's just, it's, you know, like I think that things happen in life for a reason. And it was just so cool that we're now she's, I mean, like she's legit IRL, one of my best friends. I love her. She's one of the most amazing people that I know when I just have a bad day and I can text her and say, can I vent? And like within seconds, I get a text back that says, absolutely. And then I can be like, word vomit this is what's going on and then she validates me and she's just she's a she's an amazing person and i definitely recommend that anybody who's just looking for somebody that is um totally genuine in infosec and is willing to help people like they should absolutely like check her out and follow her she's she does some <coughs> she does some um talks as well about getting into infosec and she's yeah she's just She's such an amazing person, and I'm lucky to have her in my life. And, and Rogue, sorry, and all of this that she she is totally she's totally just blown <laughs> over any mention of you in all of this. We, we, we see where your standing is on the ladder. Listen, of you know, you know, hose before hose before bros, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just lucky to have I'm I'm lucky to have the goat in my life. I'm lucky to have the rogue in my life as well, but I'm just, you know, the 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 goat has just, she's awesome. I can't stand up good things. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so diving into a diving into a what if question here. This all right, is, this is officially question number eight. It's a good grief. Yeah. Um, you know what? I was going to ask you what I'm actually switching it up here. Um, up. Yeah. Uh, if you ended up finding out tomorrow that your parents were both actually well-known Hollywood celebrities, which ones would you hope for? Who would be mama? Who would be daddy? If you if you had your pick, <laughs> what? And in all due fairness, this one, it, it, the, what even made me think about this is because the question I was going to ask you was what I ended up asking Amanda Berlin, and um, she made a comment and a tweet after we recorded about being asked the question that I did just ask you in uh, some other uh, interview that she did. Okay. So the question is, if I found out that my parents were famous or well-known. Who, who would be Hollywood celebrity mom and Hollywood celebrity dad? Any, any, anybody. Oh, wow. Hmm. So that's difficult, right? Because my <clears throat> parental situation is that I have um, two sets of parents. I have a mom and a stepdad and a dad and a stepmom. And so, oh my gosh, like to pick out of those, like, oh my gosh, like I... I well, like, like for instance, if this is any inspiration at all, but if I tell you this, then you're no longer allowed to pick these two. Okay. Um, yeah, Amanda's answer, whenever she said that she was asked that, was that dad was The Rock and mom was Betty White. Interesting. So my mom was not Betty White. I'm trying to think who my mom would be like, because my mom is is uh, she's such a cool person and like and and i oh, say oh, this oh, oh, oh don't, no 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 don't 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 overthink this one this this is not a who who your parents like no. this is this is if you actually if you actually found out that it was different parents all together and they were they were actual hollywood uh, celebrities. who do i get to pick as my parents yes yes oh that's a good question okay let's go with 
All right, so who would my dad be? I'd probably go with Iron Man. Because Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Okay. So first off, I love Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Um, and then secondly, but like I would go with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man because that's just cool. And honestly, I can kind of relate the two. My stepdad was a was a software engineer, and like he was just one of those guys who kind of like he always was he kind of always knew the cutting edge stuff that was coming like um he, yeah just one of those very cold people who just kind of knew everything so like robert downey jr absolutely as iron man like that that's who i would totally choose as my dad as my mom it's hard to say like i had a really cool mom so who would i choose as my mother Hmm. I don't know. That's hard. I wouldn't choose Betty White. I mean, she's cool, but I don't know. Lucy, maybe? Like, I think Lucy, right? Like, I would go with Lucy. Lucy Ball? Yeah, Lucy Ball. Like, she's okay. funny. She was independent. Like, like, she obviously, like, did her own thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lucille Ball. Like that's who I would choose. Final answer. <laughs> okay, so Robert Downey Jr. and Lucille Ball. That's right. the weirdest combination ever. <laughs> but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, question nine. Jello or pudding? Pudding. What do you have against Jello? What? What do you have against Jello? I have nothing against Jello. I just really like pudding. It's it's richer. It's sweeter. It's thicker. It just it 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 it, it lingers on your tongue. Jello is like liquid. I don't know. I could do Jello, but no pudding. What if it was Jello shot? <laughs> shot, 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 shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I make a mean Jello shot for anyone listening who wants to know how to make the best Jello shot possible. It is fifty percent alcohol and fifty percent water. That's how you get your Jello shots to solidify but have the maximum alcohol content possible. All right. That like All right. legit, that is a jello shot secret that I just put out there. <laughs> Always match your, match, match your alcohol with your flavor as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So question number 10, um, what is the, both the best and the worst advice you've ever received. Oh my gosh. Like you would think I would have prepared for this because you've asked other people that the best advice and worst advice. I'm going to, you know what? <clears throat> it's the same answer. Keep doing what you're doing. So why was that the worst? So, you know, sometimes when you're in the worst environment and you're working for people who don't appreciate you, it doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter how much you work. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It, it's not going to make a difference. And sometimes when you work hard and you try your hardest, it's just not good enough. However, when you work for a really awesome team, you work for a really awesome boss, you work for a really awesome just collective like working and doing what you do is appreciated so i would say that although that can be sometimes the worst advice just keep doing what you're doing and like even though nobody appreciates it like just keep doing what you're doing like it's still the best advice i ever received and and so i got that advice when i was in law enforcement and I had this amazing supervisor named Chris. And Chris 
pushed me every day. And every day Chris would tell me, <clears throat> he would say to me, one day you're going to be my boss. And that did not come to fruition. However, I pushed and I pushed and I, and I followed the doors that were open for me. And I know that Chris is proud of me because I have like reached out to him on multiple occasions. He's always my like number one on my, on my uh, reference list. But like, he would say to me, even during the darkest of times, he would say to me, keep doing what you're doing. Like what you're doing is right and you're doing a good job. And so as long as that's the truth, as long as what you're doing is a good job, like keep doing what you're doing, because eventually somebody's going to appreciate that. And he didn't quite say it in that way. He just kept telling me like, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're doing a good job. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I would say that that was the best advice at the time, it wasn't the best advice because I kept doing what I was doing and people found ways to still, you know, F with me. But when I kept doing what I was doing as I reached out and I and I broke beyond law enforcement, I got into InfoSec and I just kept doing what was me, it, it worked out. And now I'm in a place where I'm like extremely happy and extremely proud of what I'm doing. And, uh, and he was right the whole time. So work hard is, is essentially the, the, you know, bottom line there. There you go. That's, that's definitely a, a, a good thing to keep in mind for sure. Definitely. All right. Well, that is the end of 10 questions. Oh my gosh. Uh, before we, before we wrap up, I give you the chance to add anything else in, plug anything else. Um, so my big passion right now is just people who, there's a lot of people who are trying to get into InfoSec who feel like it's a difficult place to break into. And while that does seem true, um, <clears throat> I just think that everybody needs to keep plugging away. And if your passion is, is to be here, um, you know, there's a place for you and we welcome you and don't take everything that you hear on Twitter, um, to heart because there is a wonderful group of people who will accept you and will, you know, help you to, to do and be whatever you want to be. So I think that if there's people out there trying to get into this job, um, they need to keep, you know, they need to keep doing what they're doing to, to you know, paraphrase Chris, um, keep doing you and, and eventually your spot's going to open up. Awesome. Awesome. And one more shout out to the goat. My God, my lovely goat. She is at a raven and you should follow her because she posts really awesome goat gifts and memes and she's wonderful. And, and rogue, we will we will ignore ignore you one more time. We're not gonna ignore the rogue, the rogue. But I would like to say, like, people need to find their person, and um, the goat has been mine. And I didn't know it when I first interacted with her. I had no idea that we were going to eventually become really good friends. Um, she's probably one of my very most favorite people in the world, and I think that people need to find that. You know, find your people. And, you know, I've been very lucky in InfoSec that, like, I've been accepted regardless of how many times I self-deprecate. Um, I'm constantly reminded that there's a spot for me here. And that's why I say that about people trying to get into InfoSec is that there is a place for you. Um, I think it's super important that people interact. It's hard sometimes because I think the type of people who gravitate towards cybersecurity are what I would call, if I'm being completely honest, quirky mother effers, which, and, and I say that in an endearing way because I, I love quirky people, but like it tends to be that um, quirky people can be um, very introverted. And so it's very difficult to kind of reach outside of that and make connections. And I, I think that's what's so great about Twitter and uh, the online community is that like, you don't necessarily have to, you can craft your responses before you send them and it's not face to face. And so it's, it's a little more introvert friendly. And I think that if you're in that 
if you're in that world, try to reach out, try to interact, try to engage, because the more that you engage with people, um, the more people are going to get to know you, the more they're going to like you, the more they're going to want you on their team. And so I just, I think that's super important. I feel like I'm or, or, or as I've put it before, all I did to get to know these people is I butt into conversations in Huff where they finally said, Oh, Hey, who the hell are you? That's, that's so <laughs> true. Like exactly. Like I can't tell you how many people I've interacted with on Twitter who became like people who I really cared about and like, like interacted with and engaged with where I was like, this person just kept butting into conversations and mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was like, you know, like, and, and nothing, special right nothing spectacular and then you're just like yeah okay this person is part of my world now they're part of my experience and and then the next thing you know you're like hey do you you should apply at this job that i heard just heard about like that's it's so funny how the infosec community works and especially like with on twitter where you just you know you you kind of interact with some people that you don't really know and then all of a sudden you're kind of friends or you see, even like a, the, the 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 one that the, the one that caught me by surprise that is the, the the person that caught me by surprise that I ended up garnering some attention from uh, was uh, Jeff Mann. Yeah. Yeah, because the 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 first time that he made the comment of, yeah, I've found myself actually starting to look forward to to Fridays to figure out what what national day of what it is <laughs> with, with with my follow Friday posts that I do. So, and I always that's so cool. I'm glad you brought that up. I love your follow Fridays because of whatever national day it is, and I love seeing <laughs> when you choose to include me. I love seeing which one you include me in, and you know it's funny because you know a lot of people on Twitter know me for my my whiskey posts and um and you know like that's some people you know you just figure out how you unwind and how you you know would have released the the frustrations of of life and mine happened to be through whiskey posts but like so i love when people tag me in whiskey stuff i love when they like dm me whiskey pictures sometimes i just i i will get random pictures in my dm of like somebody's whiskey glass and i cannot tell you how much that like i appreciate that and so like i love seeing like what you post like because you you are not I, I think this last friday which is going to be like totally way off by the time this airs was like national what was it national like because it was it was it had to do with like national distillers or national i don't know drunk mfers whatever it was it was uh, like Na national bootleggers day that's what it was national bootleggers day and i was like oh my gosh that's so awesome like i love when you tag me in that stuff because i would not have known that yesterday was national bootleggers day if thinker had not tagged me in that so like yes <laughs> absolutely i think that that is so that's so much fun. Everybody brings their own little addition to the, to, to the group. That's what's that's what the that's what's the best thing about it. Very true. Very true. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and wrap this up. And Ushi, thank you. And thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. And uh, we'll be back with another one.